Welcome into another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Sidhu. I'm really, really excited about my guest for today's podcast. I'm actually always excited about my guest, but I've never had this particular person on before. Uh, and right now it's draft season, it's free agency. And so uh, this particular guest of mine is very busy, but, you know, took some time out to join me for the podcast on a topic that is of interest to a lot of us, and that's player scouting, personnel scouting. Uh, and all that stuff. It's Matt Bazargan. He's the director of player personnel for the Houston Texans. He oversees uh, college scouting and pro scouting, both those departments. And he just joined here last May uh, from the Jets, where he was for the last 14 years. So we'll sit down, pick his brain a little bit on the process, uh, what it's like these days in the building. These uh, Brian Gaines team and Bill O'Brien staff, they're all in meetings pretty much most of the day, going over film, talking about players, trying to get their draft grades uh, solidified on all these prospects. And then free agency, obviously, is still underway. So they're very busy, uh, but we got a chance to sit down with him. That's all coming up on today's podcast. But first, if you're listening, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave a review. Let me know what you think. And also, this podcast is brought to you by Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, as well as Bose. QC35 to noise-canceling headphones, the official headphones of the Houston Texans. So with that, let's get into our podcast. I'm really excited about this next guest, Matt Bazargan. He's the director of player personnel for the Houston Texans. Matt, welcome into the radio studio. I've never had you down here before. Thanks, DP. Look, looking forward to, to having this interview here. I know, and I was telling you, I know this is a crazy busy time of year for you guys with mm-hmm. the offseason and free agency and the draft, so... I really do appreciate you taking time out of your breaks to come down here and chat with me because you don't get very many breaks, do you? I hear I hear the door open and close every now and then. Yeah, not many. Brian runs a tight ship, very thorough, and we're going through it right now with the coaches and we're on uh, we're on offense. We're just finishing up offense and we're gonna get to defense next week. So Brian will occasionally let us out of the cage, but <laughs> but uh, he works us pretty hard. But it, but it's good. It's it's a really good process right now. All right, for people that are listening, you just joined the Texans last year, so give us a brief description of what your job responsibilities include. Well, as director of player personnel, I'm overseeing both the, the both the pro and college departments. So Rob Kissel, our pro director, James Lifford, our college director. I'm in charge of basically managing those guys, making sure that that uh, everything's organized with their departments. Um, so during the fall, it's kind of a mix of both. So during the season, um, I'll be in the office probably two days and then out on the road three days. So there's a balance of pro and college, um, making sure the roster is set basically on Monday and Tuesday after the game. And then usually Tuesday night I'll get out and try to hit about three practices, college practices, um, so Wednesday and Thursday. And the good part about it is now that some colleges will practice in the morning. So I could go out Tuesday night, uh, see a practice Wednesday morning, go to a practice Wednesday afternoon, and then, you know, drive two hours somewhere and catch a practice uh, on Thursday afternoon. And then usually I'm back in the office on Friday. Um, So basically that's kind of how in my role during the fall is basically managing both back and forth. Then I'll sort of transition back to pro and prepare for free agency um, after the season, and now I'm kind of back segueing back into um, the uh, the draft process. So, but ultimately, kind of my responsibilities are manage both and kind of oversee both, but also be hands on scouting. Brian is 
he's a general manager, but he's an executive scout. He's still a scout at heart, as am I. So I like to get, I like to see as many college players as I can live during the fall, really the fall, and then March and and April as well with the pro days and combine as well. That's fascinating because I had no idea that you were traveling that much during the season. How many college practices? different colleges do you think you hit last season? Can I would, you estimate? I would say collectively um, 40. Now, that includes wow. that includes practices and games. Like, I have to hit games, usually on a Saturday. So when we played Jacksonville uh, this year on a Sunday, I'd go out Friday night, and I saw Florida State and Wake Forest play Saturday and then drove over to meet the team on Sunday. So I'll And the good part is being, being down here, I mean, you're in the heart of it. You've got Texas A&M. Obviously, Houston's right here, but uh, UT, you can shoot up to Dallas. There's some big games early in the year, like Ohio State, TCU, Miami, LSU. So I got to hit those games as well. So like before, when I was with the Jets in New Jersey, it was really just Rutgers. So Rutgers, I could see some Big Ten schools, but that was basically it. Here, I have so many options. I can see the SEC. I can see the Big 12. And of course, here in here in Houston as well. Everything's just a few hours away. It seems like in Houston, You're exactly not on the East Coast. Let's talk about your time at the Jets because you were with the Jets for 14 years uh, before you arrived here last May. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, everyone sort of makes that association of you and Brian Gain because obviously Brian spent some time with the Jets, but mm-hmm. your times there did not overlap. So, what was your relationship like with with Brian? Did you did you really have a chance to know him when you were at the Jets, or did that happen more so after you were hired here? No, actually, Brian was the guy. It was it was Brian was the assistant pro director at the time with the Jets, and JoJo Wooden was the director of pro personnel with the Jets at the time. JoJo's now with the Chargers as a director of player personnel in my role, um, and those two guys were really responsible for getting me in. Um, they gave me my first shot, and so I was really I worked with those guys for a year. Worked with Brian for a year, and then Brian, of course, went on went to Dallas and then Miami and. And here's now he's here now, obviously. But yeah, I I worked with Brian for one year, and then we just over the years we stayed in contact. Um, you know, wherever he went, wherever you know, when I was with the Jets, I I stayed in contact with him. And uh, yeah, I mean, when he when he got the GM job, you know, he gave me the call, and and uh, that was basically it. So I did work with him for a year, but it's it's been a little while. But you kept yeah. in touch after that. Yes. All right, you've got experience in both college and pro scouting. Obviously, you oversee both now. Mm -hmm. But for people that might not know, I know this is a popular question. What are the big similarities and differences in college versus pro scouting? Okay. Well, certainly with college, it's it's the obvious. It's the travel, right? Um, And I would say it's college is just straight projection. Um, It's, you know, it's really digging into the person, the background, um, projecting what kind of fit he is for us, not only as a person, but as I mentioned, but also scheme fit. What do you, what is he asked to do in college as opposed to what Bill's going to ask him to do on offense or rack on defense and projecting his skill set to what we ask our players to do. So basically it's in college, it's in general, it's travel and it's projecting players for the Texans and in pro it's, it's more, uh, it's more apples to apples because you're not really projecting players. You're watching a an NFL pass rusher against an NFL tackle. Um, so it's it's really apples to apples. I would say that the biggest thing with pro is just responding to injuries, um, making sure you know we're bringing in players 
you know, during the season if a guy's hurt, like how how, how would that guy – it's it's a little bit of a projection, but it's more apples to apples. Okay, you know, this guy's a 3-4 outside backer. Um, you know, can he can he be a 4-3 D end or vice versa? So I would say more, again, going back to college, it's, it's traveling, it's projection. Pro, it's apples to apples, responding to injuries. What about personality? Because you do a lot of interviews for the college guys, but is that, you know, how, you obviously want a, someone that fits into this locker room. How does mm-hmm. that factor into the pro guys? Because different players on different teams, it's different personalities yeah. that they've played for, different locker rooms. Like, how, how do you know how well they're going to fit in here? Like, do you, do you have to accommodate or factor that in? Sure, well? sure, absolutely. Culture fit and makeup fit, we talk about all the time with Bill and Brian. It's huge. So it seems I, to be very important yeah, yeah. to the so, staff. Yes, it is. It's it's vital. I mean, you need to you need to have a general, not a general idea, a pretty good idea of of what you're getting, what you're bringing into the building, because you got to have credibility. Like, hey, hey, Bill, this is the kind of guy you're getting, and if he's not that, then you know there's a problem there. So we try to rely on our colleagues around the league, um, other player personnel directors, scouts with other teams, pro personnel directors, possibly coaches, especially when you get into free agency. Um, you know, a lot of times the teams that want the player back, it's hard to get truthful information from that team if they want him back. Sure. But if he's gone, you know, if he's leaving, then, you know, certainly we'll rely on our coaching staff and guys that have crossed over. And that is a good part about our coaching staff. We've had some guys in different places that, that, uh, that we're familiar with some free agents this year. All right. So you are pretty, it sounds like you're very hands-on with the whole scouting process. And then you've got your team of people under you. Mm-hmm. What happens when you're evaluating a player and there's a disagreement on a guy? Like how do you come up with a consensus so you can put an appropriate grade on a guy? Yeah, it's a good question. It's, and that's kind of what we're going through now. It's such in college. It's a long, it's, I would imagine there's more it wiggle is. room in college. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. In college there's, there's certainly wiggle room. Um, I think ultimately it just comes down to to following the signs. Um, you know, it's I think the I think we we try to rely on consensus. You know, I think a lot of times when you're in a room with a lot of guys and they're you're reading a report, you're watching the player on the screen, a lot of times it's it's not it's not exactly what's said in the room, it's just a general feel in the room of what the guy is. Like we could have a guy you know, in the fourth round, but maybe there's something with his football character, maybe there's something with his learning, and the way that guys are talking about him, you know, he might not be that level of player. There's something there holding holding, holding back the room. So I would say in general if there's a if there's a difference of opinion, I think it's – and Brian does a really good job of it. He has good instinct as far as what the room – what are we feeling about this player as opposed to – Hey, that's the grade. I get it, but when he gets to the Texans, what are we getting? You guys feel good about this guy as a Texans fit? So I think, in the end, it's all about the process um, and and how we got to this point and what the room feels. You get Justin Reed last year in the third round, mm-hmm. and then he has a tremendous rookie campaign. Is that maybe the most rewarding part of the process, or is there something else that you find to be your favorite part? Is when you scout a guy and you really see him sort of translate the way you wanted to or meet your expectations, maybe even exceed them. But what, what's the best part of the process for you? Yeah, I think exceeding expectations is always, I think with Justin, I wasn't here when, when they drafted him, but to get a player and a person of, of Justin's caliber in the third round and to see him excel like that 
and now you're just you're ahead of the game. I mean, you get a third round starter that you can be a that can be a really good player in the league. And unfortunately, you lose Ty Matthew, but then you bring on Tashawn Gibson to replace him. But you still, I mean, we miss Ty. We're going to miss Ty as a player. But at least you know you have somebody in the building like Justin that's smart, that's dependable um, as a person. He's an explosive playmaker as well. But but at least you know you got a not only you get a good player in the third round, but you get a high character guy that that fits uh, the Texans culture. So. I would say a guy that comes in here and exceeds your expectations is, is pretty cool. How did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Because I was reading a little bit on your background. It's very mm-hmm. it's very varied and interesting. You mm-hmm. played um, – you were a three-year starter at, at quarterback yes. in college. You played over yep. in France. I did. Uh, you d- dabbled in some coaching. Yes. Um, and then scouting, of course. But, how, how, you know, how did you – what was your path to, to where you are now? How did you decide to do this? Or did you always know this is what you wanted to do? Well, I always I always thought, like, I could never see myself um, behind a desk. Like, I could never see myself wearing a suit every day. Um, I always wanted to be in the sport. Originally, I wanted to be a uh, a journalist. And then that just kind of feels I feel like I want to always be involved with the game somehow. But it just got to a point where... You know, I'm I'm fairly competitive. I wanted to be on the field. Um, I got into coaching initially, and I wasn't very good at it. Um, I enjoyed the game. I could just never. You didn't think teach you were it. very good at coaching. I was not. Why is no. that? I just couldn't. I feel like I have a good grasp of the game. I just didn't have an idea how to teach it and relay it. Sure. So, I just it just it just wasn't for me. So, fortunately, I looked at other avenues, and and really, I mean, scouting wasn't as prevalent as as it is now um but uh yeah i had talked to a a couple guys that i had coached with at springfield i was a graduate assistant coach in springfield and actually the guy who's the head coach now he was then the offensive coordinator who i worked with so he had coached brian at maine so that was the connection there i see okay um so he mentioned it he mentioned brian he he kind of opened my eyes to personnel and you know, I got an internship, fortunately, and and uh, it went from there. So, Brian often talks about Bill Parcells being a big influence mm-hmm. in, in his career. How about yeah. for yourself? Is there someone that has really influenced you along the way? Well, I think obviously Brian did. I think initially when I got into it, um, I was sitting in draft meetings with Dick Haley, who was the architect of the Steelers teams when they were really good in the seventies, and just, I mean, just to soak up the information that that Dick had. I mean, his ability to not just ability, but his his Rolodex of players and, like, what guys worked and what guys he missed on. And he was a really – as successful he was, he was very, very humble about it too. So not only did you learn from his successes, but you learned from his misses too, which is huge in our business because nobody, nobody bats a 1,000 in our business. So I think I think Dick, Mr. Haley – uh, initially was a was a huge influence on me, and then Brian, of course, over the course of my career. You mentioned not batting a thousand. Do you ever go back and self scout? I mean, how does that process change and evolve over time? No, absolutely. I think I think you always have to go back. Um, you know, we do a lot of drafts, draft history, studying history with Brian. Um, why guys made it? Um, why why you missed on a guy? Um, I think oftentimes not all the time I wouldn't make a blanket statement and say that it's like a hundred percent, but usually it's the football character. How much, a, how much a dude loves football, um, not likes it, but just fully invested in the process. 
willing to be coachable, um, you know, doing the extras, putting in the time to develop. So, but yes, to answer your question, DB, like we, we always go back, every scout goes back to say like, okay, you know, two years later, like this guy's not in the league or he's, he's a second round pick and it didn't work. Okay. Why didn't he work? So you don't repeat the same mistakes. Okay. Well, you've been in Houston for a little over or almost a year now. Yep. You've been on the East coast most of your, most of your career. I know these days you're really busy and you're entrenched in meetings, but is yeah. there, uh, how, how have you enjoyed living in Houston and being down here and, and you know, what are any, you have any favorite places that you visited? Um, yeah, we, we're enjoying it. You know, we're Northeast people. Um, so it's a, it's a little the different. The transition's down. different, right? It is different. <laughs> it is different, but people are certainly more cordial down here than they are back in the Northeast. <laughs> it's like, it's open arms up there. You got to kind of earn your stripes, so to speak, but we're enjoying it. My family's enjoying it. Um, a lot of good people down here. Um, they love the Texans. They love football. So from that standpoint, it's, it's easy conversation and, and, uh, we haven't got out a ton, unfortunately. Like we've we've done little trips to to San Antonio, to the Riverwalk, and in Austin, which is a super cool town. So, um, but we're we're planning after the draft, after some things slow down, really kind of just go around Houston and and visit a few more places. So get settled in. I'm sure you. There's no uh, shortage of restaurants as well. That's no, the first thing you hear no, about I when love you go to Houston. Yeah, yeah. The I'm, food is amazing. I'm I'm somewhat of a foodie so my brother actually is a chef in boston and oh nice uh, yeah back in boston so we're pretty spoiled when he comes home for for holidays but I, <laughs> but I am, i'm a huge foodie my wife we love to go out so we're gonna we're gonna definitely definitely look around some different restaurants after right. the draft it sounds good i appreciate yeah. the time so much matt matt bazergan director of player personnel for the houston texans matt come to, come back anytime thanks we will do appreciate it db All right, that's going to do it for another edition of the Deep Slam Podcast. Be sure to tune into Texans Radio every night from 6 to 7 p.m. on Sports Radio 610. And check out HoustonTexans.com for all the latest news and coverage, as well as draft coverage, because, you know, it's just a few weeks away. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, go Texans.